So Zach's playing hurt, and it's been a tough week. His, uh, as you can hear, he has a little cough. He's got the whole thing going here. He doesn't have COVID though, so we're we're okay yeah, with just that. A two week, just a two week, uh, maybe a month long. Maybe it's infection. a Phoenix Suns uh, couldn't pull uh, through for Zach. They were up two zip, lost four in a row. Yeah, they were really playing for me. I'd like to they were. I you know the thing is though, like you've you've known defeat before. You were a Ranger fan. They lost in the finals. You're an Arsenal fan, but uh, you England. want England lost. Eng- England, England lost. lost. I mean, it's been tough. It's been a tough time for you. But you want to give me a little post mortem on the Suns? Sure, and, sure. I mean, because like, we all did pick the Suns here. Yeah. Michael, myself, you, even, and Mr. Basketball is not here today. Stephen, Melissa is not here, but uh, we're plodding through. So you want to just give me how you felt to up 2-0 and then. Well, the last time we were here, we were talking about how oh, it seemed like England might win, right? And it seems I did like pick Italy, though. You did pick Italy. I did, and ultimately, with everything that's happened with England, I I much prefer that Italy won. It seems like that they deserved it more than what English fans have been. Oh, English fans have been kind of brutal. Have been kind of brutal and really uh, not fair to the team that did, delivered more than England has ever delivered. For right, them. that's true. Uh, that's true. And and that team should be beloved. And so, like, England is not good enough for their team right now. But uh, the real heartbreak has been um, when we were last meeting, I think it was they were two up. They yeah. were up by two. And it seemed like the tides of the universe and everyone. I mean, now they're saying there's this thing that, you know, uh, LeBron jinxed them. By uh, tweeting out the uh, 2-0. Yeah, or LeBron gets blamed for everything. Yeah, it's it's like we can't blame LeBron James for whatever it was that led to that. I I can't say it was a total collapse. I mean, they did then go on to lose four in a row after that. They did lose four in a row. Um, Every one of those games was pretty close. They were they yeah, were close. Yeah. I, I think that the um, I I don't know if anything else has come out, but I'm sure that we're going to find out. And again, I'm I'm biased, but I think that Chris Paul was playing injured after that second game. I know that there was some contact with his hand, something like that. So he always seems to get hurt. The thing I, I one of the big things was, you know, earlier on in the series, Milwaukee was letting Chris Paul kind of bring the ball up without like resistance. After the second game, they kind of switched their defense on him and made him work to bring the ball up, which takes you know it takes out of you to get into your your set. He was getting across half court pretty well, and then all of a sudden, Milwaukee said, "Well, you know, we're letting them set up, we're letting them run their plays, we're letting them do everything. Let's harass him a little bit, let them have to work to bring it up, so they can't get into their sets right away, where it caused." I think a little bit of them to get out of their flow and their rhythm. Devin Booker played well, had some big games for them, but Giannis just kind of took over that series. And um, considering he had a hyperextended knee and people didn't think he would play, I mean, he just, he was a two time MVP. Now he's an MVP of the finals and he's got a, a championship. I mean, sometimes things just happen. You know, you could play as well as you can, but it's just not meant to be. And I think that's what, you know, basically what the Suns. Now, he is going to be back next year, Chris Paul. He did say he's going to be back, but he's getting a forty. I think his contract's forty million for next year. But he wants 
the, maybe the renegotiate to play three three more years, and they're also talking he may go to the to the Lakers. That would be a place, but I don't think they can afford to get Chris Paul, and I don't know if Chris Paul wants to go to the Lakers. I, you know, there's so many rumors with the Lakers anyway that they're always in that they're going to get somebody every year or they're going to add players to that team, but. They played well, the Suns. It's just that, you know, Milwaukee just, and they, every, a lot of other guys chipped in too on that team. So, you know, for Milwaukee. So it was, yeah. you know, it was, um, uh, it was just, a, it was a tough one for you. I felt for you on that one, for it, sure. I mean, well, also, I mean, I, I think, I mean, it, it was the, it really got me into basketball. Right. See, seeing, like, those two teams play in the way that they played was amazing. It was, I mean, it was really, really, it was hard not to be excited the entire time. And I don't feel like any sport really moves as fast as basketball, not just in the pace of the game, but right. there doesn't seem to be a million commercial breaks. It's not stop, start, stop, start. They play pretty consistent. It moves. Yeah, you, sometimes that last two minutes, they try to get all their, 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 their commercials. The last and two minutes of a basketball game can take longer than the rest of the game. Yeah, it definitely like, seems like that. Unless you know, unless it's not a close game, obviously. There's no, no reason yeah. to call it. The only thing I'll say, too, for the Bucks winning, they do have a player that played for Notre Dame, Pat Connington, who had a good series. So I'm not totally uh, bummed about the Bucks because he's a two-sport athlete. He may even play baseball when his basketball career is over. But I know that doesn't ease your pain, Zach. I know. No, I don't like Connington at all because he's <laughs> the one who got in that third game. Yeah. I was texting with Steven. And I was like, who is this Connington I won't right. say what I said. But we're we're, we're, we're going really to be, be polite here. Yeah. It's a family was, family show. I was really... Only Melissa is our uh, yeah. <laughs> designated cursor. But, I really uh, didn't like it. But then again, also, that's I mean that's what happens to me with sports. Like, I have to well, you comment, be, yes. comment down afterwards because yes, it's yes. like, it's it's basically like these are the people taking away. Well, you thing. give it your all. When you root for your team, I, I'll you, give you that. You, you like Mike. You, you love your Rangers... You know, you love well, like, we should if you're not you're not like English fans. You were no, tweeting no, no, death no. towards everybody. <laughs> no, That's the one thing, yeah. I will I mean you do have a passion, but you're not going like, Hey, I hope they've you know, no, no, no. And, but you're and, not evil. And, yes. and, and and race hate isn't coming into any of this. It's just no, no. I didn't particularly like I'll 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 take it like when oh god, what's his name? The guy with the crazy eyes and the sweatband. I called him. He played for the Bucks. Uh, he was the older guy. Like he, f- he got the foul and he started like freaking out and like um, not, not. You're talking about uh, Portis, is it? Poor, yeah, Portis Jr. He yeah. he lost his mind over some call and I was like, this guy is so rude. You know, like I got <laughs> real. Well, he's the kind of guy when he's on your team, you'd love him and you yeah. like. But you're talking about Bobby Portis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he's on your team, you love that kind of guy. He's like your Sean Avery when he played for the Rangers, right? Yeah. Mix things up, do things. Everybody else in the league hated him. That's what Bobby Porter does. He gets under people's skins. And and was it Middleton? Was Middleton the other guy? or uh... Chris Middleton? Yeah. He, was, he had an unbelievable series. I for know well, isn't Unbelie- Middleton and Giannis the only players there from 2013? I believe so, yes. I yes, you're right. Middleton, yeah, and Brooke Lopez had a you know had some pretty good games too. It's just that they couldn't. It, it just seemed like everything went right from those first two games. But that happens in a series, it, like we we said when we were taught the third game decides. You know what I mean? If you Obviously. hold serve on your court, 
Now you go into the other team. You gotta win it. You gotta win at least one game on the other guy's court. And if you yeah. don't, it's in any sport. You know, it's in, yeah, you yeah. Know. No, absolutely, it's the same thing. It with was hockey just, it, it just was the, the third game is always pivotal. You go up three zip, and you know you got it because nobody comes back really from three zero. But they just couldn't seem to get things going, and uh, it happens. That happens in sports. So it's there uh, was a very, I mean, like you can see that it's it's very psychological because it. it before it seemed like, and again, I'm a layman. This is like the first series where I watched every single right, game. Right, right, right. Uh, like they, they could shoot threes in the first two with ease. That, uh, oh God, it's not. You're talking about the. Uh, the Suns. Devin Booker? Not, 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 I mean, Booker, yes. Booker, too, was, was like everything. But Booker, I think, was pretty consistent. He, he didn't really seem to get... He would take some stupid penalties, but for the most part, not really. He was pretty consistent, but it was... A, yeah, he got like 40 points in both of the yeah, two last Yeah, games, so he know? was... Booker was great. Um, I, I I did question the play of... Um, uh, I can't... I don't know if I pronounced his name right. Uh, uh, Iotel or uh, A... Oh, DeAndre Ayton? Ayton, Ayton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. DeAndre Ayton, sure. Ayton, uh, it, it seemed like every time... Every time Giannis got near him, it was a penalty. Every single time, like he well, got, it was a foul. Yeah, it was a well, foul. Yeah, yeah, every yeah. single time. And uh, I mean, also, I couldn't really tell how some of those things were. Well, it's penalties. It just seemed like incidental contact as they were getting to the. Yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, they're either going to call it very tight, or they're going to let things go. Yeah, but when it's your superstar player, but some of them were, you know. Legitimate fouls on on Aiton, but he's just a very powerful, strong guy. And Aiton's a younger guy; he's, he's you know learning and everything else. But but Giannis just kind of took over. And I know, and also like I'm completely biased, so I'm like, you yeah, can't touch this guy. You can't do anything. And, yeah, then, right? and then, but then, if anyone touched any son, I was like, and you're not going to call that, you know? Like it, it was. I instantly thought that I knew anything. Well, and that's really, the thing. You get into it because you're, you know, you're psyched about your team playing. You know, you want your team to win. I mean, that's would the you whole. Root for Chris Paul if he went to the Lakers, and it was Chris Paul, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Let's just. I say, would, I would root for Chris Paul anywhere, um, but I don't so love like, the you're idea. A, you're a Chris Paul fan. If his contract's done in three years and he retires, you're not going to be rooting for the Suns for the next uh, ten years. You know? No, no, no. I mean, like the one thing is though, I definitely did because you kind of fall in love with the people around. Chris Paul, like I liked every one of those players right, when right. they were doing right. right. I don't see myself being a diehard Phoenix Suns team once Chris Paul leaves. Right. I think Crowder it, was good the first couple, Crowder. but what happened was afterward he just couldn't hit. <laughs> That's who I was. Talking he couldn't about, bring Crowder. the defense out, so they started to to play. I mean, Chris Paul was hitting the mid range, fifteen to eighteen, but he was getting the twos, but they were giving up threes the other way. It's just you can only do so much. And that that but but Crowder had some really good opportunities in that last game, and he would it would get again I don't it would get into the basket and it would just like roll out or it bounce just off the and it's like that's right. got to get in your head and it just seemed like he could he could never finish. But when you think about what Milwaukee they were down in the the, the the Philly series the Nets series and they came back and won both those they were down in the Sun series. I mean, so they man, almost lost Game Four to then they would have been up three one. Right. Suns. So they, sometimes they, you got to just think it's just not. You know, it's not going to go your way, but will Chris Paul be with them still? I think he will be next year because I don't think the. I mean, the Lakers are under a cap. You know, they have a lot of things to do, but 
the Lakers are always talked about getting everybody when the season ends because it's the L.A. Lakers, you know what I mean? And so we'll see. Now, their draft is coming up soon, so we'll see what yeah. what happens in the NBA. The NHL draft was last night, Michael. Yeah. Are the we happy round. with the Rangers? Yeah, I mean, we're not going to... because No, yeah, the second Like I say, today, one thing but... about the NBA and the NHL, their draft, they, they have European players in the NBA. Obviously, you get a ton of European players from the NHL. It's hard to know how good these guys are or... or you know, you really have to be into it. But were you happy with their first pick? Or because I know you weren't happy, they traded some. Um, they had a player trade that you weren't thrilled with. So do you want to uh, just it give me a all, little? The Rangers' season still in this off season can be broken down with Tom Wilson of the uh, Washington Capitals really messed up everything for the Rangers in the mm-hmm. sense that. You know, we, we've talked about it a lot in the podcast what happened at the end of last season. But because of that, whether you like it or not, John Davidson and uh, who is it? The other uh, Daly? Yeah, J.D. So they both got fired from the Rangers right, who were right. tremendous manager and GM. They were both very good. And then Chris Jury took over. And people were like, oh, well, a lot of teams wanted Jury. They were asking to interview him. The Rangers are like, okay, they gave up. They fired two great role guys, but at least they have Drury. He's going to be good, right? We hope. His first moves as a GM have been very, very shoddy. The I'm not necessarily upset with the Rangers pick at 15th, technically 16th, but Arizona had to forfeit their pick, so everybody moved up one. So at 15th overall, the Rangers picked. The, I'm not upset with the pick, but nobody thought the Rangers were going to use the pick. And I mean that the Rangers had a lot of trade capital. Uh-huh. There was talk that... Here's what, from following a lot of insiders, following a lot of people who know like more of the sports and get the, you know, they get the calls before the calls and they know all this stuff. There was a lot of talk that, and this happens every time for the Rangers, the Rangers are going to have one of the best off seasons in the sense that the Rangers wanted to add a veteran defenseman. There is Mark Giordano, who played for the Calgary Flames for many years. He's been their captain. He... Won the Norris last year, not uh, this. You know, this year Adam Fox won it, but he won it either last year or the year before that. So he's right. still a very good defenseman, even though he's older. The Rangers were talked about that they were going to bring in Giordano. The Rangers were also talked about that they were going to make a move that the expansion draft had happened with Seattle. They didn't protect this player named Colin Blackwell. But there was talk that through a deal with Seattle, which happened a lot with Vegas when they had their expansion draft, that you make side trades and deals so that a player doesn't get selected. Right. So it was talked about that the Rangers were going to not only keep Blackwell and bring in Giordano, but also use their players, as in Buchnevich, that first pick that they had in the first round, and some other players like Niels Lindquist or this guy... Uh, what is his name? Uh, Jones. He's a young defenseman who won the who was on the team last year. He just got brought in. They're going to use those assets to get Jack Eichel. So okay. people were talked to because and even following insiders, even as of today, which is the second day of the draft, the Rangers are still the front runner just for pure what like talent they have to give up. Right. Where the the asking price for Eichel is like two prospects, a pick. And some salary retaining. Like, that's, like, at least four pieces. So, they'll pick up some of the salary of Eichel. Yeah, you pick up some of the, like, you know, 
maybe Buffalo doesn't retain as much salary as you know they'd want because the right. Rangers have some. Then you give them like either Niels Lundqvist or Jones or both, and then you give them that first overall pick, and that would or not overall but first round pick. Right. That would be the package. So. Rangers fans are thinking we're keeping Eichel, we're bringing in Giordano, we're getting, uh, you know, Blackwell, we're keeping him. We're going to have one of the best off-seasons ever. Um, the Rangers did not protect Blackwell, and there was no, not only no side deals done with Seattle when the Rangers, but none in the entire league. Seattle apparently made no deals with anybody prior to the expansion draft. So Seattle takes Blackwell... They get Giordano, who is one of, like, five players to go to Seattle wearing their jersey, like, the day of to announce the expansion draft, all that. So the thought of him getting traded away from Seattle went immediately away because he's not going to travel to Seattle, wear their jersey, do the whole big intro video just to be traded away the next day. They're nice jerseys, by the way. They they look pretty cool. I mean, I I like the Seattle. I mean, I'm going to root for Seattle just as I root for Vegas. I do like that they're a new team coming in. I I think that prior to the last expansion they had before Vegas was the Atlanta Thrashers in 99 and they were given absolutely no talent that team was set up to fail at the start so Vegas going their first season the Stanley Cup making the playoffs every year you can kind of see I mean Seattle just they passed on Carey Price they passed on Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, Vladimir Tarasenko, all these amazing players who were retained in the in the not protected in the expansion draft they could have drafted, but because now they have like 30 million of cap space or 40 million of cap space left with everybody. So they have they're in a good position, they have a solid team, but they're young too. Like they're a lot of young guys. They, they, they yeah. a couple of older Veterans, I saw, you know, to you know, to bring some stability, but they got a lot of young talent already. Yes, that Tarasenko. Yes, yes. Wow. Oh, but uh, also, but the I think blue. the cap. Uh, you know, you you don't want. Yeah, that would be a big cap. I, I think the right? cap in the NHL. No, I don't want to interrupt. It's like eighty-four million. It's very low. Yes, considering. it was going to before COVID. It was going to get up to at least like ninety-six million. Right. It was rising every year consistently until COVID. But then they had to do in the CBA called a flat cap, where the past three years have stayed consistent because of the money lost during the pandemic. So every team is under cap constraints. That's why the Lightning are not going to keep probably half of their roster from this year. I mean, I talked about they're already 18 million over, right. but with the cap not rising, they're definitely losing a lot of players even though a lot of good players have been taking yeah. uh di- di- you know, discounts to stay for the team cuz they were a back-to-back champion. But going with the Seattle with that sense, they they left themselves in a really good position. They draft a lot of young players, they have a lot of cap space left. But so people were thinking, okay, the Rangers are going to bring in Giordano, that didn't happen. They ended up, the Seattle definitely have him. I think they're, you know, he's there. He made the big presence at the day of the inaugural day. So he isn't coming to the Rangers. Blackwell was taken from the Rangers, who, Blackwell's not like an amazing player, but he, for the Rangers, had his best career years, which is odd in the sense of you watch a lot of big name players. You know, you could bring Richards, Gabrick, Nash, a bunch of players in the past. Uh, even Eric Stahl, Martin St. Louis. All these players are brought in that they were going to be the best, and they played some of their worst hockey. Even Eric Stahl, when he got traded to the Rangers at the trade deadline, 
played the worst he's ever played in his career, even has left the Rangers and had even a resurgence in his career. And he wrote an open letter to Rangers fans saying, I'm sorry, you you had you saw the worst of me in that sense. So the Rangers, but when they bring in a lower name player, what I remember uh, Derek uh, Pouliot from oh, yeah, yeah. years before, yeah. even Broussard. I mean, I was upset when they traded Broussard one for one with Zibanejad. Yeah. And then Zibanejad became one of the best players ever, and Broussard's career kind of went down. It was like one of the craziest deals in my end. But Blackwell, another one, he's a player who is a fourth-line guy who is playing first and second-line uh, roles because he was having his best career hockey. Ryan Strom even having his best career hockey with the Rangers. You bring in these lower guys, and they kind of... They kind of step up for the well, Rangers, which is... It? Hank was drafted 176th, I think. No, he, he, was, yeah, he was in the seventh round. He was like yeah. the last, last pick. So, so, you know, I mean, Dan yeah. Girardi for all those years, he was undrafted, you know. he So the Rangers get a lot of good gold with players you don't expect it. But then when they bring these big names, they, they let you down. But so we lose Blackwell as playing his best hockey for the Rangers, and that kind of hurt a lot of hardcore Rangers fans. He kind of won the hearts of a lot of people, even Panarin, and he wasn't taking a shot at Capo Caco at all, who's the second overall pick a few drafts ago. He said, I don't want to play with Caco on my line. I want to play with Blackwell, because Blackwell would go to the, you know, the corners. He would fight in the gritty areas. He would go get the puck. He was just happy to be on the team and happy to have such a high role in the team that he would do any and everything, and players just wanted to play for him. So Rangers fans are really hoping he would stay, and that didn't happen. So then another player I mentioned, Buchnevich, he was going to be used what they thought to get Jack Eichel. They end up trading him to the Blues for a second-round pick and like a, a third or fourth line player who's got grit. And this is where I say it all goes back to Tom Wilson. They trade Buchnevich, who was a big piece. I will admit they winded, he was almost going to be definitely traded no matter what because of the fact that he was due for a big pay day and the Rangers did not have the capital to pay him. He was due for a big pay upgrade because of his play in these past years. He's Every year he's gotten more points. Every year he's gotten more goals. He's been better every year he's played for the Rangers. But he was going to be used to get Eichel, so we thought. But then they trade him for a player on the Blues to bring in more grit because the Rangers were tired of being beaten up by Tom Wilson and the Capitals. Then they use their 15th overall pick in the draft to draft a more gritty third or fourth line player at a left wing who is going to be a big body on the ice, a big presence. And then they also uh, signed and traded, or like traded and signed for a guy named like Goodwell from the Lightning, who was another third or fourth line player who basically said in his, when he got traded to the Rangers, they traded his rights to the Rangers. Then he signed a six-year contract with the Rangers. He said that signing day that because the opening game of the season is against the Capitals, he almost guaranteed that he's going to fight Tom Wilson. So the Rangers basically brought in three players to fight Tom Wilson. And that is very upsetting when they thought they were going to get Giordano, keep Blackwell, and get Eichel. And B, because if you had Eichel, and I'd make you get rid of Butchnevich, you'd get rid of, you know, this guy Niels Lindquist and this guy Jones, who's a good defenseman, you get rid of your first, you know, overall pick. But you'd still have Lafreniere, Kako, Heedle, 
Panarin, Zibanejad, maybe Ryan Strom. He might have been a piece for the Eichel deal, but maybe not. Maybe Ryan Strom and Jack Eichel. That would have been a top six players, top two lines. Mm -hmm. That would have been unmatched throughout the whole NHL. You have Eichel and Panarin, Mika, Lafreniere, the first overall pick, Capo Caco, the second overall pick. That would have been, I mean, then you have Truba on defense. You have Adam Fox, who just won the Norris. That would have been, and Shesterkin, who's, you know, people, Rangers fans were quick to get rid of Lundqvist because of the fact that people are like, Igor is going to be the next Lundqvist in that sense, which it's still yet to be seen. He's still doing good, but so that those that first goalie that first defensive pairing those two top lines could have went against anyone in the league and not been outmatched skill wise at all but then you go to what we have and we get we actually drafted 15 overall we don't give up that pick we get rid of Buchnevich for seemingly nothing we don't get Giordano we lose Blackwell it's just the Rangers had the Rangers fans had such a high expectation and typical Rangers it went the complete opposite way they they went for grit and size over skill and talent which again it all goes back to the Rangers just wanted to have somebody to compete against Tom Wilson which you shouldn't if you have this win now mentality where you need to win in this next two-year window like you need to that's what they're building for that's what they want they had this rebuild on the fly type thing you're not you do not draft players to fight tom wilson if anything he is getting your team worse because you're trying to match him instead of you know the the capitals didn't win the cup this year i hate to break it to you know rangers fans but they didn't win the cup they didn't make it out of the first round you can try and what you want to go and beat Tom Wilson, but the Lightning won, and everybody was complaining the Lightning had too much talent. Even I was complaining. The Lightning had too much talent. You had Stamkos, Kucherov. I mean, I named them a thousand times. They had top to bottom overloaded with talent. That's what the Rangers fans were hoping for, a top to bottom talent team. The Rangers did what the Rangers do, give up everything good because they want somebody. I mean, the Rangers over the past couple years have had guys named Tanner Glass, John Scott. We mentioned Sean Avery, uh, you know, all of the Derek Dorsett, Aaron Asham, Brian Boyle. Yeah, Dylan McArath, who they drafted over Vladimir Tarasenko. I'll never forget that. Yeah, that was a. They had Tarasenko. Sometimes because the, you make mistakes. That's a but the Rangers Daniel make Carcillo, the same yes. mistake. The, the Rangers consistently are like, well, we have almost they they get one line of skill players and they think, oh, we're too talent heavy, we're too skilled, we're gonna get beaten up, and they draft and get they and never trade. build around that talent. No, line. they build around we they they build around the oh, okay when uh, Gretzky played for the Oilers and for the Kings he had Marty McSorley on his line who really shouldn't have been playing with Gretzky right. but he would stop anybody from beating up Gretzky and that's the mentality that they have. I'm surprised that they didn't hire Mark Messier as their GM or right. whoever because that is their mentality. If you have one star player who will carry you and then you get a team of just bullies to be around him to make sure that he doesn't get beaten up on the ice. I'm still convinced I saw him the day that he lost the when he Mark Messier when he found out he wasn't going to get the... Uh, oh. When oh, I saw you, you were in the city? Yeah, you were in the I was at airport, uh, Westchester right? Airport. Westchester Airport, yeah. And I was wearing, I have this Rangers track jacket, it's, and it's like modeled after one from, I think, the 70s. 
And it's the biggest ranger's crest you could ever possibly have. Mm-hmm. Which it takes up like my entire left breast. And he's coming off the plane. And we make eye contact. And he just blows past. Like I, I didn't want to say anything to him. Yeah, he might have. But might've. he just blew right past me. So he seemed like he was very Because that was a few years ago when it was like. This was he years. Was, yeah, he, before he Lane Vigneault was hired as the new coach of the Rangers at, and now he's obviously fired. David Quinn got in fired, and now somebody new. Yeah, it was between but, Tortorella and Vigneault. Yes, when, and, when so, and when he was really petitioning hard to be yeah. the, the coach of the Rangers. Which, he did not want to see me. Yeah, he did not want to see, see that Ranger it, crest. Yeah, yeah, that point. He couldn't handle seeing a happy Rangers fan. Yeah. And yeah. it's also, I just, just bring this to this too, because the Rangers did it. They, they started, the jury's first move, I should say, was to sign... Uh, Gerard Gallant, who I've talked about a few times, as he was a great coach for Vegas. He knew how to build around the talent he had and make the younger players better. He wouldn't do a David Quinn of having a fourth line of Heedle, Lafreniere, and Kako when those are all first-line players. So you get Gallant, you're hoping you have a team of young, talented people you bring in. And so far, they have gotten Gallant nothing. I mean, he has a great core to build around. I'm not, I can't like just, I'm not going to say like Mika does nothing. I'm not going to say that Panarin's not still one of the best players in the entire league. But they have done nothing to help him since then. They hired him. They said, here, you have all this great talent, but we're going to get rid of it for bullies to play for your team. And that is not the route that we should be going. But It's not the way that hockey's going right now. No. So I don't know. You know, the interesting thing, though, about the draft is when I was growing up, it was Michigan football was like they had great, you know, would always draft people into the you know the NFL. When I was looking at just going over some of it, the first two picks back to back were both guys that played at the University of Michigan. The fourth pick went to the University of Michigan. The fifth pick was at the University of Michigan and the 24th pick. Uh, from you know, uh, from the Florida Panthers, all play in the University of Michigan. Was the fourth pick, by the way? The, the fourth Devils? pick was Jack Luke Hughes, whose yes. brother plays for the the Devils. Yeah, that's a little funny thing because Jack Hughes basically told the Devils, "You would like have to draft my brother Luke Hughes," and, and then you they, have Quinn Hughes playing for the Vancouver Canucks. Right, and it's funny because it's now like a thing. Like people are like, "Now you got to trade for Quinn Hughes." You, yeah, you got to bring in the Hughes. But that's so. That's I didn't know that there was five yeah, Michigan, uh, uh, but the, the, the first two the picks, first five picks were, and then four and five, and then number twenty-four because Jersey took Hughes. Uh, Ken Johnson went to Columbus at number five. Uh, Owen Power went to Buffalo, and uh, Maddie Berners went to Seattle. With the, so that's pretty. Yeah. I mean, so there's which, like a new new stall family with the Hughes. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a new uh, thing starting. In I the just want to say there. too, because you had mentioned Columbus, and I just right. want to say this really quick. There was one year where Columbus had Panarin, Matt Duchesne, and Sergei Bobrovsky, three amazing players in their own regard. Right, one's a goalie, two are forwards, and this is when Tortorella was still the coach there too. Um, they all in the same offseason, especially two of them were brought in that year. They all left for uh, at free agency. Panarin, obviously, to the Rangers. Duchesne, I think, to Nashville. Bobrovsky to the Florida Panthers. They all did not want to play in Columbus. Then you have Seth Jones, who is at, now he is playing. He was an amazing defenseman. Uh, everybody wanted him. He wanted to get out of Columbus. 
all Columbus fans were asking was, please sign him, keep him, do whatever. He gets traded to uh, Chicago and signs like a seven-year deal there just, just recently. So you have four stars in the past two years all wanting to leave Columbus. The only player now they still have... Uh, I mean, even you can mention, I think uh, Nick Felino was in Columbus and then he left um, to go to the Maple Leafs at the trade deadline because they thought he was going to push their team over. So that's five stars. Now you have Patrick Laine, um, who's still on the Columbus Blue Jackets, although he was only in for half a season. He got traded into them. But he... Now I will say Tortorella was not like renewed he wasn't fired but his contract wasn't renewed he's done for the team he's not coaching anymore but line said that he had his least fun year of hockey he's ever had his entire life playing for tortorella i can't believe he's still coaching john tortorella yeah well he may not be anymore well, he may he's not done be yet but um he's so now you could have within another season you know he line is probably going to play another year under his new coach see what happens but if line leaves this next off season then that means you would have six stars in the past three years or what all wanting to walk just because it's columbus cannot buy a star to stay there everybody wants to leave and i right. think that's so well Tor- tortorella is i mean th- there was a time when i liked john tortorella but i, I just think that he's you want to talk about past his prime yeah. John Tortorella is Well, I think he made great on, you know, yeah. certain players or certain coaches don't get along with certain players. It's it's like, you know, you've talked about, you know, the Blue Jackets with Tortorella and everything. It's like what's going on with Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's like he he was offered two more years to, to have a five-year, would be a five-year deal he would have had, been the highest played player in the NFL, even more than Mahomes at this point. Which he is crazy. Turned, he turned it down. And he's like, I love the guys I play with. I love my coaches. But I think it's he does not like the GM. And he just, for some reason, we still don't know what he's going to do yet. But this has been the ongoing saga. We've been talking about this since April when the draft uh, was on. Where is he going to go? What's he going to do? Is he going to quit? Is he going to go to Jeopardy? Is he going to... I want to trade for another team, which now no team is going to trade for him at this point because you're pretty much set camps open uh, earlier for the Cowboys and the Steelers because they're playing in the Hall of Fame game, but the camps are already opening next week. You're not going to trade Aaron for Aaron Rodgers right yeah, now. Your assets are pretty much yeah. Gone you're now. pretty much set. You you make the deals. You're you're going to want draft picks, but you know you want to draft picks maybe for the upcoming year because then what are you going to do with Jordan Love? It's a really strange thing with this this situation with him. There's there's odds makers saying that he's going to retire. You know, that's a big thing now. Is he going to retire? Is he going to play for the Packers? He's going to get traded. You can you can make prop bets yeah, on all yeah, those yeah. things to go with him. I just don't know what his like. I say I still think he's going to be back in Green Bay for one more year. That's what what I think is going to happen. But he just is sticking it to the Packers to the point where. He's got the hammer, and he's going to just let these guys sweat it out and say, I'm going to make my decision when I want to make my decision. If he doesn't come to camp, he gets fined, but I'm sure they'll always work out a thing if he does come back because you can always work that in the contract that that money you paid in fines goes back into incentives for your year. But it's just an odd thing when you have a guy that's almost got to the Super Bowl and then wants to lead this team to go where you know what I mean? where, where are you going to go well, now it's, it's funny because we've talked about it a few in the sense of like if he want if it was about money he could have 
signed this two-year extension, mm-hmm. been the highest-paid player. And he'd be but, for five years. Yeah. He would still be with him for five years with the so Packers. So he has three years remaining. If it's about money or years, that would have solved it technically every there. Right. But if it's about wanting to win championships, then he's not going to retire. But we've also mentioned it then. If he's looking for a trade, we've talked about this before on the podcast, his best chance of winning this year, seemingly, I mean, you're, he's not going to go to a team that already has like a Mahomes. Right. So, his best chance of winning would be at the Packers. Right. So if it's not about money, if it's not about years, and if it's about winning titles so you're not going to retire, where does he think his golden team is that where's better than the Packers? I think he wanted to, or this is, what you, you know, you read so many things, you hear so many things. I think he wanted to go to the Rams before they got Matthew Stafford. Because he's figuring the Rams are a good defensive team. They've got Aaron Donald, one of the greatest you know defensive player in the league right now. They're set on offense. They've got a you know a young coach McVay. He, he's from the West Coast. Aaron Rodgers. San Francisco was another team that they thought maybe, but then they made the deal to uh, you know for the quarterback uh, for this year. So he was limited then. Then they were right. saying, well, is he going to go to the Broncos? But all these things should have been done. Before the the draft, now he's like, "Oh, I don't know if I want to play here, but I love everybody." You can't love everybody on your team and your coach, and then put these guys, you know, because it's tough enough to answer questions on your own health and what you're doing. And now they've got the COVID things. If you're not vaccinated, you can't be with the rest of the team. You have to do, you know. So they're having issues with that around the league of which is the ha- only thing I've ever thought of the. NFL has been smart on. You know, they're, they're, so you've got questions of that you have to answer. You're going to be vaccinating. I mean, what's Aaron Rodgers going to But Aaron Rodgers has been the talk of the NFL since April because he's one of the greatest players in the league right now, if not the best quarterback in the league. And some people think Mahomes or whatever, you want to get into that. But he's definitely I'm, top three at lowest. Yeah, he's, yeah, right. So he's, he's there. You know, you've, I don't understand. The, the, the coach went to talk to him. The GM went to talk to him. They all went to, you know, they flew out to, the, he's just, but he's not, he's having other people talk for him. And he's not saying what the reason is. He goes, it's not about the money. There was a tweet from Adam Schefter to say, well, he's turned down a deal that's going to keep him a packer for five years. It's going to, you know, so obviously it's not about the money. But then if it's not about the money, but you love your coaches, you love the you know the team and what they've done, except for the fact that they drafted, you know Jordan Love and they didn't tell you, and I I get that. Okay, <laughs> so Jordan Love. Yeah, that's he's, the thing too. I mean, here's a guy who's sitting in this and he's like, I gotta follow. If he leaves, you gotta follow a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and if you're not good, you're really gonna be you know chastised. They drafted this guy. He stinks. Plus, Aaron Rodgers left because of that. Now, if they had called Aaron Rodgers and said, hey, we're, maybe we should draft this guy, maybe, but we're going to go with this quarterback. Because he had, in his, you know, in the Packers' minds, a couple of down years. You know what I mean? He, he didn't have an MVP like he did the year that they drafted um, Jordan Love. So he's upset with that. And he said, I'm going to show you guys. So he throws 50 touchdowns and has this great year, wins the MVP. But now he's putting, and he says too, oh, I love this kid. He's a great kid. We laugh. We joke. Okay. But the amount of pressure you're putting on this kid, too, and you had this, and we talked about this, when he went to when when he was drafted by Green Bay, they had Brett Favre. So he had to sit behind Brett Favre for a couple of years, 
And that wasn't easy for him because Favre was like, I'm going to retire. I'm not going to retire. I'm going to be here. I'm not going to be here. He had to deal with all that and sit for a few years behind him. So it's a difficult thing, but and he's isn't doing that it. Also, I mean, like not for nothing. I mean, to cut you off, but like the nature of the beast that you you they draft, and I could be speaking completely out of school, but they'll, they'll draft somebody who's going to come in, right. who, who I mean, I guess is like you know you're on the job replacement, but you have a finite period of time in any sport. Right. So a person comes up under you. They, right. they 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 learn from you. They're looking ways. for your successor always. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but in no thing more than anything do you realize that hey, we're looking for your successor. But in, in no sport, <laughs> when a quarter when it happens to a quarterback, it makes headlines. It doesn't happen if you're a defensive, like if you're the yeah. middle linebacker of what the New York Giants. Oh, the Giants drafted a linebacker. There's no, like, well, the linebackers, unless it's, like, the Lawrence Taylor or something like that, unless saying like that, like, one of the best players ever. But Aaron Rodgers is like, hey, you think I'm done? I'm not done. Now you're drafting my replacement when you could have used a first-round pick to get me another wide receiver or a good offensive lineman. But whenever it happens where a team drafts a quarterback, there's always that, well, why would they do that? What are they thinking? No other no other position player gets upset. All they have to do is go out and compete against them. But right. it's the quarterback of your team. It's the, the, the face of your franchise. It would be like, let's say, in a couple of years, Mahomes has a bad year and the Chiefs go, oh, we're going to draft. And then he'd be like, "What? are you kidding? You got me for 10 years. You're going to draft the quarterback when we need an offensive lineman or whatever. Rodgers feels this way. You could have gotten me help. Get me another wide receiver. Draft this kid maybe second, third round, fourth round, whatever. Is he going to be hanging around? Is he that good? Or I'm going to beat you've already got me signed up for three more years anyway. If it's that bad, then things will, you know, the whole team's going to fall apart anyway if I'm not that good, you know. And, and he makes them so much better. He's just that good, Aaron Rodgers. He's a difference maker. But it's, it's like an attitude that he's got. Like they say, he's very bright. We get that. He's very, like, you know, strong in his beliefs of that he's the best and whatever. But he's also seeing Tom Brady win a Super Bowl, going to the Tampa Bay Bucks, like we've talked about before. Which, by the way, did you see this Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl rings? Yeah. The things are, like, they're huge. They look like flying saucers. They're so big. You take a part off of it and it shows a stadium. You take the top, you can twist the top of the ring off. And it shows the, yeah, you're right, exactly right, the stadium, because they're the first team to win a Super Bowl in their home stadium. There's 319 diamonds because it was 31 to 9 was the, so it's like, it's incredible. I'll tell you, the only time I've ever liked Tom Brady was his little uh, comedy routine that he did at the yeah, White House. He, he, was, he actually had personality. It was a, the, for me to say something nice about Tom Brady is a lot, but that was, that, a, he, he had good writers. And Tom Brady, too, he, he did the celebrity golfing thing, and he, because he was doing it with Aaron Rodgers, and he kept bringing up the Rogers thing. He was like, well, we all know what it's like to be in an unhappy situation, right, Aaron? And he just kept throwing it at him there. It was funny. The thing is about Aaron Rodgers is that I really, um, from what I know of him, he's like a big, he's a really like, if, if you look at it, like he's into a lot of the things I'm into. He's a, he's a very big geek, Aaron Rodgers, but he also seems like he's somebody that he's kind of an enigma. Yeah. Nobody really... From he doesn't let people get close uh, no. to him, like you know, like they say he's a good teammate. It's always that thing. He's a great teammate, that type of thing. He, but I, I think with the 
he's had the chip, like the Tom Brady chip on the shoulder. I, he was thought he would be drafted in the top five. He got drafted late in the, the first round to the Packers. There's always been that. There's, you know, he's played at the same time as Brady. He's got one Super Bowl. Brady's got seven. You know what I mean? It's, it's. He it's, has won one. He yes. has won. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't but, know that. Okay. Was it 2011? Yes. Okay. Uh, so he's I, not. Yeah. The, the greatest quarterback to never win one. He's no, won. he's won. He's won a it's Super not Bowl. Not Dan Marino. Yeah. Right. He's not a Marino or you know that that you know play, or great players that have just played other positions like you know like Chris Paul. Yeah. He's won. He's done everything, but he hasn't won. Rodgers has it, but he's seeing a couple of things. Brady's got seven, which I'm never. But everybody thinks he's a better quarterback, or says Brady's a winner. He's a, maybe the greatest winner of all time in, in in you know football, or maybe in all sport. Well, except to Bill Russell, who won eleven championships. But he's a great winner, Brady. You're playing at the same time. He's a contemporary of yours, and you can't. You're never going to top him. But yet everybody would say Rodgers physically is a better quarterback than Brady, but Brady's a better winner. You know what I mean? So that goes, that plays on you. You And you had him head-to-head, and you couldn't beat him to get to the Super Bowl. And then he looks at the Super Bowl and goes, Jesus, our team would have given the way Mahomes was running around left, right, and center. He couldn't even, you know, our defense was good enough to to pressure him that we had a chance to maybe win the Super Bowl. So that's got to stick with you. So So you lose to Brady, who picks his own team, gets Gronkowski to come back. They, they say, what do you want, Tom? We're going to do certain things for you, however you want to do it. He didn't get that. So that's what plays on in his mind, too. That, that's the whole thing of it. I mean, where it, like the, the only thing that it, it seems kind of not obvious with, with Rodgers, it's the, from what I understand of Brady, he could circumvent the coach of... Um, Tampa Bay. He could, he could serve a, a t- Tampa Bay coach, and he could circumvent Belichick to basically say, "This is what I want." And wasn't there kind of like a a duel of the wills between Belichick and Brady in Brady's last season with Kraft, where Brady was like, "I want basically this. Kraft wanted to keep Brady and do anything Brady wanted, and Belichick right. wanted to be like, "Well, you're winning because of my system." Right. And then right. they go, "See, look, he wins the year. He's not with you, Belichick. So it's not you." That's and like then, the whole, yeah. And then, but when Brady went to Tampa Bay, it was like, "I want X, Y, and Z," and he got X, Y, and Z. That's why right. Gronkowski. Like basically, I don't know anything, but I was like, "Wait, I know that." Elderman guy, and I know... Uh, uh, Julia Edelman you're talking about? Ed- Edelman and, right. and, and, and Gronkowski, because like, I didn't like these guys when they played for... Right. Uh, like Edelman no. didn't go to Tampa Bay, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, who went to... Gronkowski went to Tampa Bay. Okay, okay. Edelman w- retired uh, this year. But okay. They're like, he's, he's going to go to Tampa Bay. But yeah, they, if, he can, if he gets healthy and, and that knee is better, there's that's the rumor that he'll go and win another one with, with Brady, because Brady still wants to play. Yeah, wants to play that. Now the other thing about Brady too, but first of all, his personality is definitely like you said is coming out. Was, I don't like him, and I found he him was very the Patriot funny. way. Like uh, you know, we're yeah. on to Cincinnati, we're on to the next game. We lost the game, we just move on forward. Now he's got a personality, Brady, where it never showed in New England, and that's the way Belichick wanted it. I mean, even. Brady said when Edelman retired, he's like, it's okay, I didn't know how to tell Belichick I wanted to leave either. That was like what he said. Right. When Edelman retired, it's like, and the, the shots he's taking at Aaron Rodgers and even the White House, it's like, he gets yeah. to be himself. He can be, which is, you know, when you're winning 
and you want to win and you're one of the, the best to ever do it, he's going to stay, okay, you know what, for the good of the team, because he is a good teammate, Brady, that you have to say. I mean, he took, took pay cuts. He took less money to get players there. He still made a lot of money. I'm not saying he did He's doing fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. not going to throw a benefit for Tom Brady. But what Rodgers sees it to Brady is like, uh, I'm never going to top him for wins. There's not, not going to happen for, for Super Bowl wins. But I want that one more because one is great, but two would be the thing. And then we were close to beating the, you know, we were close to beating Tampa Bay. We didn't. I got to see him win a Super Bowl. He lost to me to get to the Super Bowl. Then, you know, Rodgers goes, well, uh, I got to get out of here. You know, I can't stay here. It's Gutkowski who was the GM. I don't. There was rumors he wants him fired. And now is Tampa? I mean, is Green Bay going to give in and fire their GM? If it hasn't happened now, now the thing is too that I think it was either past or it's this Monday, the stockholders meeting, which is you can buy stock in the right, Packers right, yeah. and go there. So the question is going to be, you know, the first question you'd have to ask him is, well, you flew to, you know, California. The coach did the, you know, all you guys flew to meet with him. He doesn't want to, says he doesn't want to be here, though, the way it looks that way. Now you offer him two more years on a contract. He's got five more years. What more could you guys do? Or or why didn't you then get rid of him, uh, you know, trade him during this past off season to get people to come in here and see what Jordan Love has if you drafted them a year, you know, the year before? That's the questions that you have to face. And they... I don't know what the answers are because they want him back. And who's going to want to say, yeah, I traded Aaron Rodgers, you know? Like I said, I think, yeah, if, if Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere and plays really well, that's terrible because then it's like, oh, we got rid of Aaron Rodgers. Right. But also if Jordan Love comes in and doesn't do, especially coming off of MVP season, right. if Jordan Love isn't immediately a Mahomes, they're going to be like, look at what you gave him up for. If I right. might get super geeky for a second, it feels like Aaron Rodgers really, because of knowing all the stuff that he's into, he's very into science fiction, he's very into Game of Thrones, he's very into right. a lot, and yeah. like the whole Jeopardy thing. Right. He wants the the power and the uh, prestige of what Brady has with the GM. Like he's almost, I think, enjoying. Well, you're not going to do everything I want, GM. I'm going to make your life. Oh, that's impossible. exactly what he's doing right now. And, and he can be. It's like he's being vindictive here. It, you know what I mean? And yeah. I don't mean to. You know, but let's be honest. Okay, they drafted a quarterback. They told you a couple of minutes before they drafted this quarterback. They should have given you a heads up. We get it because a lot of players now have more of that power. You see it in the NBA getting super teams. You see Russell Wilson was upset at the Super Bowl. You could see it. He came on uh, the Dan Patrick radio show and you could, he was like, yeah, I want to have a little bit of an input here to what's being done with the team. And, and Rodgers is like, yeah, so do I. So tell me you're going to do this. I don't think it would have made it any easier if Aaron Rodgers knew two weeks before the draft they were drafting. Or that he knew two minutes before the draft they were going to draft. He'd be like, well, let's get then a free agent in here. Because who wouldn't want to play with Aaron Rodgers, you know, too? Let's let's try and see what we can do. But he has dominated, basically, from April till now. Now that the camps are opening back up. Him and Deshaun Watson, who's had other issues, off-field issues. That is another quarterback that's out there who's really, really good, too. But... He had this, you know, these women coming that he was inappropriate during the massages that he, he, 
was given at, at, at certain times and things, and you know you don't know what's going on with that. But Aaron Rodgers has been just like, hey, I don't have to talk. I have my other people talk for me. I have, you know, I'm going to say. And what, he's kind of always been that way, right? Too, where he said lately he's not. He been said a big certain talker. things, but you know, like in interview, he's not like you know. He speaks through other ways. Let's right. Say, yeah. I mean, he's he's. You know, at his locker after games, before games, during the week, he'll say, like, but he's not going to be like Brady is now, let's say, like, you know, doing stand-up for yeah, five minutes. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to be that way, Aaron Rodgers. But it, it's the Brady factor is is in the NFL now. And Brady, the whole thing, too, Brady was hurt, almost had to have surgery on his leg, had a torn either ACL or MCL, was never reported during the whole year that he had this going on. Which was odd too, because you have to always list that somebody's on the injured list, which is a weird thing. But Tom Brady can do no wrong except the flake gate. That's the only thing that's ever really gotten Tom Tom Brady. Wait, something he had to disclose that. Like, well, you they, have to every well, for betting purposes. You're supposed to because the NFL comes out with a every Thursday uh, they come out with an injury report. So what the Patriots used to do was put everybody on it. They'd say. He's got a bad finger. He's got this. He's got that. You know what I mean? So just to, to tweak the NFL. But the lines are set, and now especially even more, that every team is, you know, partnering up with betting to, for the NFL now. Now they're like, well, we have to know what's going on with these players because it sets the lines. It, it changes the, the, how a line might be. If you knew Brady was hurt, the line might go from six point to three points or whatever. So that's another another issue, but you know I don't want I'm not ripping Tom Brady for that because the team knew I don't know what yeah, the yeah, NFL is even going to I found that fine that you have to disclose for the purposes of betting. Well, you basically it's supposed to be like so you know, but that's what it was for. I mean, it right, was yeah. the, the hidden little secret. Like you're telling the team you're playing this guy's hurt, this guy's hurt, but basically you're telling the people that are betting illegally at one point now legally on games, hey, this guy's hurt. You may want to rethink your putting your money on this team or the line might change or the over-under might change or whatever. That's the other big thing, um, you know, with football now and all sports, how they're into it, into gambling where it used to be. I mean, the NHL goes into Vegas and everybody's like, oh, you're going to Vegas. Now the NFL's in Vegas. They're, they're you know, they, they, they may put a ba- they're trying to get the Oakland A's where talked about maybe going to Vegas for a base you know to put a baseball team in, in Oakland be fine. in you know leaving Oakland to go to Vegas before it, you didn't want your team's flying over Vegas because of of oh my god gambling and sports gambling this is crazy Tony Romo wanted, was going to do a draft a fantasy league draft at a hotel in Vegas and the NFL goes oh no you're not you're not going anywhere near that you are you kidding me you're going to do a fantasy <laughs> league draft in Vegas Tony Romo now They'd welcome it. That would be tough if Oakland A's go there because the Oakland Raiders went there. The Oakland's losing right, everything. Right, right. Yeah, right. Oakland's losing everything. For well, they you know. they did a deal to try to get a stadium because the the, the stadium they play in the county, the Oakland Alameda County Stadium is like horrible. So Oakland's trying to move. They've been trying to move in parts, certain parts of California, but now they're like you know. But Vegas is like, hey, we got a lot of land here. We'll build a stadium, but. That's going and back and like forth. Vegas and Seattle must be cool places to be uh, a team because you have like a, a, a market that's so just excited to have a team. There. Right. 
Like that that must be really cool because those fans. I remember when the only thing that Seattle or, or Portland had was the Timbers. Right. That that that. Well, yeah, they had the Portland Trailblazers for, for basketball. But oh, if man. you if they you won. look at um, Seattle, they had a, a basketball team. They moved to Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. You know, but Seattle was had a great basketball team for a long time. So Seattle loves, and I saw at the, you know, um, when they were introducing some of the players and everything that you talked about, they did it like they had the water behind them, the space needle you could see, the fans were there. It's great. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I think yeah, I you want pro they sports. Had so many to celebrities in. too announcing the pick. Yeah, Chris Fowler was there from ESPN. I was like, Marshawn Lynch announced. Yes, the Marshawn Lynch, Sue yeah. Bird from the yeah. WNBA did it. Which it I was, was like, a little surprised. Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Just because I know he's such a big Oakland, like yeah, I know he yeah, wants the yeah. Oakland Raiders. Because right. Of that. So I was like, I didn't know he's a big Seattle guy, but well, he know. played for the Seahawks though. Yeah, that's true. Too. But that's you know true. what? But he'll do anything <laughs> now. He's didn't... retired. You know what I mean? He's like, because he's another guy who never talked to the media. Yeah, I'm just here so I won't get fired. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. Now he's like doing Doritos commercials. He's you know, do you realize I how like much that made him also like publicly loved? You know, too. Absolutely. But uh, I just, Absolutely. I think it's, I'm surprised they almost did the Seattle thing and just because, you know, Malcolm Butler, they, they got the interception and right. said he was like, I, you know, if I ran the ball, we would have won another title. We would have won. Exactly. You know, so I'm surprised he wasn't like, you know, F Seattle. But, right. But, but you, you know, know what? what? I was, anytime Marshawn Lynch shows up, I'll watch Marshawn Lynch so. is, is, is great. He's, he's like, funny as hell, Marshawn. He yes. is funny. He is. He he's had it, really but he never wanted to show the. I think him not showing his personality made you want to know more about him and everything. And I could see him doing more commercials or you know, podcasts or something to be, you know, just funny and hang. And, and he might even be doing one. I'm not even sure. Like, does he video game? Does he game or something like that? I thought he did like. I a, I think he did it for like a for like a tournament thing, not like in he, general, but like he was on an episode of. Conan O'Brien had this other thing called Clueless Gamer, and Marshawn really? Lynch was on that, and he was yeah. like, like Marshawn Lynch is. Just... It was like they would this one guy who was like a gaming expert who worked at Conan. Yeah, he would yeah. have Conan and somebody else. Yeah, like, he's kind of naturally game. funny. You like, know, really Marshawn Lynch. You know who does streaming video games a lot and is really really funny? T Pain. Yeah. T Pain streams himself playing video games. But it is so funny. Don't even get me started on T-Pain, because I no, watched the yeah. whole great documentary on uh, no, yeah. Netflix about pop music. So he, so this is a, like, I know it's big video games are big, because, like, like, Shaq has a team or something of that, yeah. or whatever. I mean, there's, like, eSports and stuff like that, but he doesn't, like, play competitively. He's just like, hey, But I'm he just T-Pain. streams himself on playing, yeah. and people tune in. Like, people, I mean, it's not really my thing, but people love to watch people who are really good at video games play that There was the one thing we, I don't think we mentioned on the podcast, but one thing all of us loved was this Bo Burnham special called Inside, and he made a joke on the special about, like, he's streaming himself playing a video game, but it's just, like, him. And so, it, but oh, he, does really? it, he does it exactly how streamers do it. He's like, thanks for subscribing, guys. Like, I'm going to do a giveaway this week and all that. It's, it's, and he does a reaction video to it. It's so funny. All, all the things that are, like, so specifically online. Like, like, like I, I like used to Twitch. enjoy watching. Like, I like watching somebody who's good at a video game play and, like, mainly get to the story. Like watching Michael play a game is great, right? But, but it's like it's a whole bunch of people watching. But T Pain is really funny, 
And he got, I don't want to go on a whole rant, but he got really unfairly... Like blacklisted. Blacklisted for music for some stupid stuff that was not, like, he brought in, like, the auto-tune, that sound when people sing. Right. Which, like, now, like, when you... But doesn't everybody use that? Exactly. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, that's thing. the whole thing. Usher, uh, not to, Usher, like, said to T-Pain one time that, like, your auto-tune, like, you using it ruined music. And he said he got in, like, a four-year depression because he really thought he ruined music. T-Pain. Yeah, he said that to T-Pain. But then also, everybody uses auto-tune. T-Pain also, unlike if I were... The thing with auto-tune, not to go in a whole side rant, if I were to go sing with auto-tune, I would sound amazing. You know, just because that's what it does. But T-Pain without auto-tune, has an amazing voice. Yeah. He is an amazing he, singer. He took it and he turned a different thing on that knowingly distorted his voice so it actually didn't sound as good as his singing voice, but it made it distinct. And and he was then forever, well, you know, for a couple of years, like, lambasted and, like, Usher calls him out and all this kind of stuff. It, just a plug, there's a great documentary on Netflix called uh, The History of Pop. And it's like maybe a five, five or six parts, and it just goes through pop music, and one episode deals with auto tuning. And this poor guy, T Pain. So is he back though? Now is he more? Yeah, I is would. He, say, I mean, he. Yeah. I would say like, like accepted more into. The, he's more of like an internet person I know because he did yeah, that, and he then does I stream I, a lot. The really funny thing is, like, I mean, I don't have Twitter. I don't understand Twitter, but he didn't understand Twitter either, even though he was on it. And I guess apparently there's like a like a messaging part of Twitter. Right. And he didn't know how to access that. And he discovered it after years. So there's an entire thing of him discovering. It's like, oh, wow, five years ago, Jennifer Lopez reached out to me. Really? So he put it up on the internet. Him responding to people from like five or ten years. It's hilarious. Really? Him. I think it's really funny now because he had this thing go viral recently where like, there's this guy named The Baby and another guy named Da Baby who are two different. music artists. They're two different musical artists who make rap music that basically sound the exact same. It's not like Prince and the Symbol. This no, is The no, Baby this is and just Da Baby. Yeah, there's okay, two, okay. but it's... Just, so he had... Yeah. He had like a really funny rant that was going around recently because he was like making fun of rappers because how a lot of rap now kind of sounds same. And he was like, you don't need to make, he was like, a lot of rappers send me this music. You don't need to make this music. It sounds the exact same. He's like, we already have that. He's like, we have all of that. He's just, but it's so funny. Like he's, everybody's kind of rediscovering T-Pain because of So T-Pain was a, a very popular rapper. Like, or, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah, an up and, but, yeah. but he was, you know, he was well known. Every, yes. every single, like, you've heard songs of his. Every single artist I, for a period of time used him on something or used his technique on something. So and then, he, he would play on other people's albums. Very, very yeah, powerful. He'd play on somebody else's whatever. song. Yeah. He'd, he'd do a hook. What's really funny that I think you would know because we would watch the Eric Andre show a lot together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, was yeah, on yeah. an episode of that. Where he was singing, he was the musical guest that week one time. Really? It was really funny. So, but he's get so he now he's like using social media to get back into like the good graces, or like people are accepting him more now. And more realizing... like social media is apologizing to him. Almost really? more like being like, yeah, we kind of unfairly like treated you. Like using auto tune is the worst thing. And meanwhile, like you, it, there, it, there's it, a lot of bad about the internet, but sometimes there's some really good stuff. It's like 
Hey, we were wrong about things. We we went way too hard. Way too on this, far. Way, on. way yeah, too it's not hard. like the guy was doing bad things no, to no, people. He was no. just using a thing that's been people out there. thought it was it's like, like techno pop in the '80s when they had all that. Yeah. you know the, the sound machines and whatever. It wasn't yeah. just you know music. Where some being musicians played. would go on them being like, "You're using a computer to make music where I have to right, make compu- it." Right. So people right. Are like you're using a computer to sound better when I have to really sing. And it was like nah, that's not really what he's doing. But, but T Pain can yeah. could sing. He yeah. has anyway. a, he has a like a, a stunning voice. He has one of the yeah. It's it's great, and it's, I'm saying this too as somebody I don't really even listen to T Pain a lot. I don't like. Yeah, you know, I'm not the world's I, biggest. That's it's just funny that it's like he got all this hate, and it was like for no no reason. He just became the guy to to crap on for a really long time, and it was so unfair and so so you know like really check out the documentary. So Usher started it. Basically, or well, not like the, the, where the, Usher but, was the big guy that put him over the top. That made I wouldn't, him like I wouldn't say like Usher started the hate on T Pain, but T Pain had an interview where he said like Usher. They were on a flight together, and Usher said to him, "He ruined music," and he said that not like necessarily everybody, but that specifically got him in like a four-year depression where he thought he ruined like, the music yeah, industry. Really, it's really yeah. easy to tune out people, you know, that yeah, they're saying stuff. Right. But like Usher. They're on a plane going to some sort of award Which, show, and he calls him to the back of the plane, and just is basically like, "You messed with the music industry," which is really rich from Usher to say that. Like, I was going to say, I you doesn't know, he, doesn't he have no, like a thing in Vegas now? Usher isn't he? He's doing, doing a that? Vegas residency. What you want to talk about, Usher? He paid a whole bunch of strippers with money with his face on it. It was just Usher bucks. Like that, like you couldn't redeem. Could you redeem them? No, someone? you no, could. No, no. no, so there was a whole big scandal where Usher just was paying women with. It looks exactly like a hundred dollar bill, but instead it's Usher's face. So he's counterfeiting. He's counterfeiting with his face. Learned so Usher's auto tuning money then, basically. Yes. 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 So yes. basically, so you could say he's ruining U.S. currency, Usher, yes, by to putting circumvent his face paying right. people. Yes, and 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 you we know, can't really get Susan B. Anthony on the stiffing hardworking women yeah. out there. You know, yeah, so. really. Because anybody so they got hurt during the pandemic too. Uh, you know, and this so. was during the pandemic he did that, too. Really? Right, right as they were, like, you know when, like, we, there was waves and it was, like, of course, Vegas right, opened up before right, anything? Right, 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 He goes into a club and pays all these women who are, again, not an easy job, especially during the pandemic, with fake money. With Usher money. With Usher yeah, money. With and Usher. the only way we knew about it is because the women were like, can you believe this? This is, like... So they posted this on social they media. Po- yeah, he went to a club and just... Did you heard of, did you hear this? Uh, yeah, it was during it was definitely in the height Usher. of the pandemic. So, so now he goes back thinking. to the scene of the crime in Vegas. He yeah. goes back to the scene. Yeah, it was during like while they were setting up his, his wow. residency and everything like that. I yeah. think we're the only podcast though that can go from Aaron Rodgers to T Pain though. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh absolutely. I mean well, and I think it was seamless. But it's very it's very in tune with our podcast of always propping up people that we love that get unnatural hate for no yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. we also have no stock. like T Pain's not sending me some, you know, money here to go pump them up. Listen, so. if T Pain wants Wants to come on this show? I'm I, telling you, I would you. love it. But and we listen, are all for it. Yes, we we, we, are, we appreciate you. T-Pain. We feel your pain. We yeah. see pain. Yeah. We feel yeah. it here. And we you, feel you it deserve here. so much better than than what you were given. So. Yes. There's something else I want to just go back to the uh, not not. What were uh, we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers and because uh, I'll, I'll end it with this. No, no, no. There's something. Uh, there, it's it's been in the NCAA is basically being dissolved now because of this uh, name, image, and likeness that's going on with the players can now put their name to, um, if, they, if they, let's say they go to a uh, tattoo parlor, get a tattoo, 
they can get paid for getting that tattoo, but also promote the fact that they got it at Joe's tattoo place or right. whatever. So just to show you how big it's getting, there's a quarterback, Bryce Young, at Alabama. Hasn't played a game yet. Yeah. Hasn't played. Hasn't started yet. And he's already got $1 million in endorsement deals. And the kid's like 17, 18 years old. But it's not only for like guys that are already in college. Um, and I forgot the name of the, the high school basketball player. But he's got like 5 million followers on... Uh, YouTube, the or one yeah, of the yeah. things, not yeah. YouTube, but uh, yeah, uh, that's yeah. that's you know twenty years ago. Forgive me for that, but he's already going to go to look for colleges or maybe decide to go into the G League or whatever. But he's going to get endorsement deals already, where before it was looked upon like you couldn't, if you were an athlete, you couldn't, you would get money, but it would be in a brown paper bag. Right, like the from boosters these would buy you. The an boosters apartment. would get you an apartment yeah. or give your parents money. Or like Reggie Bush. Lost well, his Heisman, and now he's saying, he's, hey, yeah. I want it back. There was Ohio State of... football players, uh, about, uh, it was like 2011 or, or something. They got tattoos and, and traded their rings and things. To, and then they were, they're, they're, all their season was like forfeited, and their coach right. got fired from it. And they're like, hey, wait a minute now. We can do all this now? We're allowed, these guys are allowed to make money doing whatever. I think there's a play, there's a, a gym owner in Miami that's paying each one of the offensive linemen uh, a certain amount each week to go to different gyms to like work out to work out there to say hey and they're getting money from this so these players are now getting money where Mm -hmm. before it was in a brown paper bag or it was you know shelter to a family member of a family friend and what it's just incredible now how it's changed and and how sports it's always been money yeah College sports has always been money. It, it's always dealt with it. University have made millions of dollars off jerseys being sold to players. Like, you know, in Tennessee, everybody had at that time a Peyton Manning jersey because he went to the University of Tennessee. When you went, you bought his jersey. They didn't get a dime for this. So now they'll get like so. If this, let's say, if it's sold the school bookstore and it's got their name on it. Well, I don't know if a, I, a I don't know if it's if it's that, but they're allowed to. I don't know if the, some schools will do it. It's, it's kind of different for each school, but you can go out and basically go to a automobile dealership and sign your name to like your picture, you know, and to get people to come into the auto dealership. You that money is yours now. You can do it above board. You can get money for going to a school. You could be paid to play like football games like the NCAA, like games. Right, they they're going to they're going to get right. They're going to get their yeah. likeness from that. So they're imaging their likeness and their name. They can use. I'm I'm I, you know I've looked up. I'm not sure about the jerseys, which is a good point too. And I've got to do research for that. I should have done better on that one. But you can get like you could sell your name basically to anything you want to. Right. You could put your because. When you look at it, like uh, Robert Griffin III played for Baylor, went to the pros, wasn't as great as a pro as he was, but because he was so good at, at, in college, he won the Heisman, they were able to expand their stadium because more people were going there. They made so much money off just the one player that they could add seats and they became more of a, a, more of a known team then than what they were before, where these guys are you know, getting tons of money the, the colleges, tuitions are through the roof. They're make and they're doing everything they can to make more money. But now they have to pay or let their players be able to make a couple of bucks on it too, which is only fair because yeah. oh yeah, your football drives every other sport 
football and basketball. If you've got good football and basketball programs in your school, that's going to drive your baseball team, your swimming team, your fit, because they take some of that money and put it to non-revenue sports, they call them. But when you've got that, uh, those players never been able to get it unless it was, you know, backdoor channels. Yeah. Which is only fair for them. And now the now the schools are embracing it because now we can say, hey, look, you're going to come to Alabama. Wouldn't you want to be recruit here and be set up for like to maybe get, you know, five hundred, four hundred thousand dollars when your career is done here at the school? That you can, you know, and then schools are now offering um, different types of um, curriculum for athletes that they can get into sports marketing, sports management, business management, but sports related. Right, right. To get them to have a curriculum just for that rather than learning about the history of the world part one or two. You know what I mean? They could take courses that are just designed for the athletes. So. How the colleges were first, oh, we would never take a dime, athletes can't take it, to now catering even to that. And they're going to work as hard as they can to get, you're going to get the better players coming to certain, you know, before it was just, well, academics, I'm like, I'm going to Stanford or yeah. Duke or wherever, Notre Dame. Now they can also say, hey, you're not only going to come here and get an education, guys, well, I mean, I, but I, you're I, going to get money, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we we also knew that that system was completely corrupt. I mean, obviously, but, right? Absolutely. I, mean, I, I had a friend that went to uh, UConn, and he he would say that the the basketball players would come in one day, right? And then there'd be a proxy that would come in for the rest of the semester and basically uh-huh. take notes for them and do the and like so like why not put a little bit more out in the open? You know, you get rid of like the the boosters doing the really shady stuff. I mean, these guys should oh, yeah. be yeah. I mean. I, I think I learned about a lot of this from a, a real sports or documentaries and, of course, talking to you guys about how, like, you did have players that they weren't getting anything. They are eating ramen, you know, that they, well, they've absolutely. got no money. Hey, maybe, like, everyone else is making money. This isn't hurting any, anybody. Well, if you're a scholarship player, now, some schools got to take your scholarship away for you, but if you're a scholarship player, you're not allowed to do anything, but only for, for sports. Right. If you were a scholarship player in the band, you could have... You could, you, you could play your gigs yeah. on the weekend somewhere, and that money was yours to keep. It was only because they didn't want athletes. Oh my God, how would it look? To who are they getting the money from? It's shady. We talked about points and things like that. Now it's embraced. And going back to what we we're talking about too with gambling, before when when Joe Namath, going back to because I'm past my prime, owned Bachelor's Three, and we talked about this. Right, right. P. Roselle set up. You can't own this bar because somebody, uh, you know, was an underworld figure may have been in here or whatever. And he said, seriously, it's a bar. So he retired for a little bit, name it, rather than sell the bar to prove a point. He evidently, you know, eventually he sold it and came back. But that's how it was so strict back in the day, in the 60s and, and whatever. And so you couldn't think about gambling. Now, stadiums have it everywhere. You can bet in the game. At the game, you can go and, and drop a bet down. I mean, it's been legal in London for in, in England and other countries for years. For but like, seemingly, I mean, I don't know for, but like, it seems like forever. Like, I mean, I know this from watching a lot of Peaky Blinders. It seemed like right. You, just, they, you, you, you could you could bet back yeah. in the day on, on matches and, and before and, was, yeah. and you're getting money revenue in. It's like with the um, you know the cannabis craze now too. States are going to need money. And if you legalize gambling, you legalize 
cannabis in some states and whatever, you're going to get revenue brought into your state and, and also into the stadiums because they're going to, you know, because they want to bring fans in. They can see the fantasy updates on the screens. They can see at their seats. They can, they have uh, where you, I think it's in San Francisco that they have it at some of the seats where you can, you don't even right. have to get up. You mm-hmm. can just place your bets there for the games, other games that are being played. Because when you watch what sports now, they always have that tracker on the bottom, fantasy points. You know, it's like they don't even give you the score anymore and how many yards. It's like, uh, you know, Joe Blow got 20 fantasy points in your fantasy football draft or or fantasy football thing, which I don't play or whatever. But it's it's such a big deal. Once the NFL realized, and once the NFL, well, the NHL started by going to Vegas. But once the NFL said, hey, wait a minute, there's money to be made on this fantasy football stuff. There's money to be made on betting. There's, okay. Then when they got into it, it was okay now. Yeah. The NFL drives every other sport, basically. What they do, others will try to follow or they'll copy it if it's if it's going to make the NFL money. But I'm glad the players are getting it in, in, in college football and in basketball. And it's going to happen in that for sure. But it's it's been going on for years. It's just that now, it's, I, it's out in the open. I, I look at the the legalization of gambling and the legalization of cannabis in the same way. I, I think that it was going on whether it was illegal or legal. Right. I think you you you. It's not ultimately. If it's going to hurt somebody, it would have hurt somebody if it was legal or illegal anyway. Like if right. somebody's got a gambling addiction, guess what? They found it when they weren't, and then you're involving the mafia. Right. And then if you're doing and the, no offense to the mafia, and no offense to the mafia, door. but you know they did have. So a we'll side. just say organized crime. Or, organized crime. Yeah. Right, like right, there, right. there was channels where that that could happen. Right. So, right. So, you know, bring down to the light, and then the only other thing, just like with cannabis and gambling. Uh, not so much gambling, but a lot of those players that may have been hurt during the period of time where they couldn't make any money off of their right. names or, or stuff has been taken away from them. It would be nice if maybe there could be some sort of... I With the NCAA, it's a lot harder than the expungement with criminal records for other people. Well, but, the NCAA is going away, though. It, basically, what this did by allowing this... It's, are it's, they going to rebrand? Is there going to be Well, a what's going to happen is, and I'll, we'll end it after this, because now... Texas and Oklahoma are talking about joining the SEC. Right now they're in the Big 12, okay. which doesn't even have 12 teams in it. But Texas and Oklahoma's brand are so big. But they want to join the SEC, which is a tremendously powerful conference. It's got Alabama, Florida, Georgia, all these great teams in it. Now, Texas A&M left the Big 12 to go to the SEC thinking, hey, we don't have to play with Texas anymore because now we can draft now we can recruit players to come into the SEC where Texas wasn't, we don't have to fight them anymore for it. Now if they come in the league, you know, the SEC, Texas A&M is upset about that in a way and, and there's all this stuff going on. But what's going to happen, and I talked about this, maybe not on a podcast, but in about, I, I think in a couple of years, we're going to see 40 or 48 college teams split from the NCAA, totally split, become a totally separate entity and have these teams play like like 12 four team leagues and take the best four teams from those 12 different you know um, uh, conferences or whatever you want to call them and then play their own national championship and, and make more money for the schools i think that's really going to happen where they're not going to have like like you have now the NCAA has these 
the college football rankings and the whole bit. You're going to get USC maybe playing Alabama one week, Ohio State playing Notre Dame one week. You're going to have, you know, uh, Texas playing, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, Penn State. Different games, more enthusiasm, more brought in. I think it's either going to be 40 or 48 teams that it's going to happen for. And you're going to get totally get away from all this, like the rankings and whatever. They're going to have their own conferences. They're going to have their own commissioner. And there's billions of dollars to be made from it. And that's all that sports is, college sports athletics is anyway. Billions of dollars. And people are going to be more tuned into it because you're going to get a great game every week rather than Alabama playing, uh, you know, uh, Louisiana Tech because, they, you know, they're, they're adding, padding yeah. a schedule. Now there's not going to be that, as they used to call them, cupcake uh, team coming in. Every week you're going to get a top 40 school playing against the top 40 or 48, depending on how they want to do it. What but, happens to those cupcake schools then? Well, that's the other thing. What's going to happen to them? There's talk like, let's say if you have a 48 team, like, you know, you, you, four divisions. Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking what they could do is like they do in the Premier League. You have your top, your solid 40 you have. Like, you know, Alabama, Clemson, all these schools are going to be great. But you've got those eight teams that maybe are fringing. So you see that one team is on a decline. They have to leave. To go to like a junior to league. Go to go to another division, basically. And then you can zone. add a, a team from a team that maybe didn't make it right away that's build their program up to get there to work their way into a 48-team league. Which I do think is a neat thing. I, it's I think... kind of a neat thing. It's it's be hard to do because before Nick Saban got there for a while, Alabama was a, a down program. They went through a lot of coaches and everything. Now since he's been there, national championship after national championship. But let's say in, in five years or ten years he retires and Alabama fades, that would be one of the teams that have to say, okay, you were great. You helped us build this, start this league and everything. But now we're going to move you out and we're going to add a. Kentucky, which we didn't have in the beginning because their football program has grown or whatever. I mean, you're going to have your power schools will always be there for TV. Notre Dame, Penn State, Alabama, as long as they're good, you'll have them. But it's going to be money upon money upon money. And that's that's what, what sports has become and that's what college athletics has always been. So, uh, But it's something to look into. We'll dive into it more. But we... Uh, I think we've done a good job here today, guys, for the three of us. We didn't have Mr. Basketball or Melissa here with us, but uh, we'll try to get us uh, the group all back together. But thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you very soon. Brendan White.